Greetings, everybody, and welcome to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I'm your host, Ray Harkins, recording in a different environment. I am in the beautiful state of Washington, and more particularly in the beautiful city of Seattle, in a hotel room by myself. It's been a while since I've stayed in a hotel room completely by myself. I don't know, it's weird, because... Typically, at home, I am a father, so I take care of a son. I also take care of my wife. I take care of myself. I have all these responsibilities. And when I travel, and I just have to take care of myself, I feel weird. I feel like there I have to be checking something, or I should be doing something. There's always something to take care of. And so I feel weird when I don't have that responsibility. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. You are here to listen to a conversation between two people. And that is what I'm here to bring you. The guest this week is Walter Delgado from the band Rotting Out, a amazing hardcore band from here in Southern California. Punk, hardcore, whatever label you want to put on it, aggressive. Uh, so he's the lead vocalist, and we have an amazing chat. I'll tell you more on that in a minute. Let's get some some pleasantries out of the way, and then we will be able to uh, talk about the interview, and then we'll uh, dive right into it. So visit propertyofzack.com, visit 100wordspodcast.com, and hop on the right side of the page. There is a box in which you can type your email address, and every Monday, I will email you information about the show, the week's upcoming guest. I just have a lot of stuff that I'm able to expand on in written form that you will be able to consume. And plus, I recommend stuff there as far as like movies and music and other cool stuff you should pay attention to. So please do that. There's a lot of people that are subscribing to it, and I'd love to have the dialogue that way. What I've also noticed recently, so many international people are checking in, and I mean, I don't know how it's spreading over the world, but it... I mean, I, I do know it's on the internet, obviously. I find it so interesting that people in other countries seem to be really, really dedicated to listening to the show, writing in. And I mean, I, I don't know why. Like, are Americans lazy? Are, are we lazy as a culture to, uh, you know, not email or speak to the people who, you know, are, I'm pretty easy to contact. Like, if you email me, I'm more likely than not will email you back. There are very rare occasions where I just simply ignore an email. Uh, because even though the show is popular and I'm very busy, I really do love to have that direct communication. So I think it has to do with some sort of cultural uh, perspective. I really do think that it, it's it's a matter of uh, we as Americans tend to not uh, just like casually reach out. This is just pure conjecture. But anyways, so thank you to those of the international folk who are corresponding on a regular basis. So thank you very much. Got to throw some shout outs to the beautiful people who are reviewing the show. There's a lot of new folks who are chiming in. One of them is cool. Front Porch Step. He is a musician that I interviewed and he was kind enough to drop in and leave a review. So he said, I was just interviewed by him and it was an incredible experience. So thank you very much to Front Porch Step. And then Matthew T from the Los Angeles area, he really asks questions even if they are uncomfortable. That's awesome. Thank you. I'm glad. I, I try to, I'm going to let you in a little bit on my thought process when I'm interviewing people. You know, I carry obviously my own personal experience into the conversation. I try to interject here and there and kind of, you know, obviously steer the conversation. But I find it interesting because a lot of the times I try to avoid the obvious question. So, you know, say a band or a person is known for this one particular either record or moment where it was like, oh, this huge controversy happened or whatever. I tend to try to like look at that and be like, you know what? That's covered. 
Let's see if we can kind of dig into different areas. On the flip side, I'm also concerned that the people who really respect this artist's work will feel like I'm doing a disservice by not mentioning that sort of either critical moment or controversy or whatever, that I'm, I'm just kind of, you know, disrespecting that. I tend to go with the former than the latter, where what I'm really trying to create is is a unique experience. What I've been noticing as I grow older in my life, things that I do have to be very deliberate in regards to either, you know, going to a show or spending time, you know, away from my family. It's 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 not as like, oh, I'm 16 years old, I've got plenty of time. I really am calculated about what I do. The time that I spend on this microphone with other people, I really try to make that a unique experience where no matter what, this conversation you'll never hear again. I mean, of course you'll hear again because obviously I am recording it and putting it out on the internet, but that moment you won't hear again. It's special, it's unique, it's talking about things that this person may not ever talk about anymore. So I really try to get that sort of, you know, lightning in a bottle in a way. Um, and then obviously if other people mine my show or that particular conversation for further interviews, that's awesome. That's fine. That's part of the cultural landscape now. So, um, yeah, I really, it's on the forefront of my mind recently because, you know, whatever, we're 130 some odd shows into this. It, it's valuable to people. And I really appreciate that it's valuable. And I take this podcast pretty seriously. And I feel that it needs to be, there's a responsibility that lays on me. And it's not just like, I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to sit here dicking around with a person for like an hour. You can get that on probably 70% of the podcasts that exists out in the world. And that's fine. And they do a good job at dicking around. And I don't mean that in a pejorative or a derogatory sense of the word, because obviously that is where podcasting kind of was born from, just kind of BSing on microphone. These are, these are a lot of these thoughts that go through my head when I am approaching people to speak to and have these conversations with. So like I said, just a little of my inner workings, so to speak. Enough of that verbal potential diarrhea for those of you that don't even care about this introduction part of the show. Walter Delgado, like I said, he's the vocalist for Rotting Out. And I've known him for a very long time. Honestly, not that well, just kind of in passing, was a dude I see at shows. But I don't know, There, I, I felt like there was this sort of mutual respect for one another where it's like I saw him and doing his good work with, uh, you know, obviously rotting out. But then prior to that, he was, you know, working at a local venue here in Southern California called Chain Reaction. And I don't know, he just always seemed like a like a genuine dude. That was just a feeling I got. And he always paid me, you know, he was always very nice to me, always paid me, you know, the respect that I felt like I deserved as another human being and, you know, said hello and that sort of stuff. And, um, you'd be surprised. Like when I say that, I realize that that sounds like really simple and basic, but sometimes it's weird. Like, especially at shows when, and concerts, when you see certain people time and time again, sometimes you don't say hi. Sometimes you just kind of blend into this, like, oh, he didn't say hi, so I'm not going to say hi or vice versa. And so, um, but yeah, Walter was never that sort of person. So, and I know rotting out, like they do interviews, but Walter is a very outspoken person and he shares his views um, on a lot of things, uh, you know, across a lot of different platforms, like his social media and interviews and stuff like that. But I don't, I didn't feel like his life story was really, um, I don't know, kind of preserved in amber <laughs> in this form. So I reached out to him. We were texting. It was honestly over a good six, seven month period where we were trying to connect and he wasn't available and I wasn't available, but I was finally able to head over to his apartment. 
in San Pedro and we were able to uh, hang out and have a really, really deep conversation because I'll be honest, he had a terrible, terrible upbringing. Music, you know, the, the, the cliche of music saved my life. I truly believe after hearing a story, it, it did. It led him in a direction that was very positive and ultimately left a very uh, great impact on his life to steer him away from the potential pitfalls that can happen to a child who really is growing up in a very unstable and abusive environment. Strap in. It gets, like I said, it gets very deep. It gets dark, but not to the point of where you're going to be like, this is, I, I can't handle this. This is too uncomfortable. And if it's too uncomfortable for you, I'm sorry. You're listening to the wrong podcast. <laughs> but anyways, this is my conversation with Walter Delgado. I'm really proud of this one. Sit back, relax, uh, enjoy. And I'll talk to you next week. That's actually, I always start these things off with just my own personal sort of like entry point to getting to know you and stuff like that. Yeah. So you were always the dude that, you know, you did security chain reaction. That yeah. was like how I knew you. I don't think we ever were actually formally introduced. We just existed in the same rooms together yeah, for yeah, years yeah, and yeah. years. I mean, that's kind of how everything is, though. Once you transferred from being like the dude who I would see at like every show, not only the shows that you were working at chain reaction, but then mm. the shows we would just both be at. Yeah. But then once you once you joined Rotting Out, I was kinda like I was like, it didn't occur to me that you had that like, I want to play in a band. Oh. I don't know. It's just one of those things where it was like I feel like you go to that many shows, you kinda like I know you always want to be in a band. Is Rotting Out your first band? No. Okay. I used to play in a band called Looking Up. Okay. And actually before that I used to play in a band called Head High. Okay. You Both know? of those names sound familiar like yeah. I've seen those on flyers. Uh, uh, Head High was a couple of dudes from uh, Miracle Mile. Oh, right. Okay. Like James from the Miracle Mile yep, saying yep, it was yep. kind of like a stay gold meets, uh, not turning point, saves a day. Oh, okay. Type thing. And sure. then they got two saves a day ish. And I was just right. like, ah, I'm a bail. Yeah. You're like, ah, not for me. Yeah. Or, were you singing? No, no, I played guitar. That's what I thought. Because yeah. that's your first instrument, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I did guitar for Looking Up, which kind of had a turning point vibe, kind of. Sure. Uh, with like side by side vocals, oh, okay. which was kind of cool. That is cool. Um, very short lived because the dudes didn't really want to. They try to rush things. And I don't like rushing things. Right. It's like, oh, we we wrote a record. Okay, let's write another one. Like, right. It's just like, oh, like well, can we do this one for a while? Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, we just wrote. We got uh, it's very unstable. Yeah, yeah. Carlos started Dogpile. Okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember that. Mike did that. He quit, and then we wrote a new demo. Mm-hmm. With a couple of Dogpile songs riding out, and I was on guitar, and Carlos was on guitar, and it's literally the same lineup. Right. And then we asked Mike to join again, and he did. Right. And then he quit again. Right. <laughs> and so I took, uh, well, actually, our bass player quit first, uh-huh. and then I jumped on bass. We got a guitarist, and then our singer quit, and I jumped on vocals, which I did not want to do. That that's something I was going to hit on later. But uh-huh. you, the first couple shows that I saw you playing with, rotting out with. You were feeling it out. You were like, I don't necessarily know what I'm doing up here. Like, oh, no, absolutely not. Were you terrified? The, the first show, I stood in one spot. Okay. I was I was like, what? actually, well, technically the first show was Mike's last show. I, right. just, I just did the bro him cover. Yep. Which kind of like a send off to Mike. Exactly. Um, that was at Sound and Fury, was it 2010 or two, something like that? 2009? Yeah, 2010. Two, yeah, two, that's ten. right. 2010. Yeah. Um, I think. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. 2010. 2010, because that was the first year that Joey and I did it, so... 
And I remember, I remember that being Mike's last show, and that was a big deal. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That was that. And the uh, following year was Minority in its first. Okay, yeah, that yeah, makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it was that. It was kind of like a send off to Mike, right? And then the sh- the first show following that mm-hmm. was in this weird uh, warehouse in Torrance. Actually, they don't do shows, and there was a blind guy doing the audio. Which you think you'd be pretty good at. Right. It was, you know. <laughs> You're like, you don't have this sense. You're probably pretty good at this. Yeah, uh, which I don't even remember that night just because I was so nervous. And I was just yeah. like, oh, man. I just And my voice is completely different. Oh, I'm sure. From then to now, especially even on the first song I did. Mike had recorded a song for American Hardcore, the first one. Oh, yeah. And we recorded it with him. They're his lyrics. Right. And then he bailed, and I was like, it's kind of be weird to, you know, submit this song. I was like, well, I'll just redo everything from third person. Sure. Oh, you'll just switch. The, so yeah, yeah. I just switched everything to third person. So technically, the song's about him. Oh. You know, okay. as you know, the song him being about you know yeah, about himself. Yeah. I was like, oh, you know, it's, I'm not gonna write stomp on that. Yeah, right. stomp on that. I was like, yeah, this is his man. Like, yeah. So we did that, and that was terrible. I hated my voice. I sound like a little irritating mouse. Like right. it was bad. But then we did Street Proud. That was cool. Right, right. But then you. So when when would you say that you felt kind of more comfortable as the sort of you know the the front man, so to speak? After the towards the end of the first tour, I was just like, well, I mean, I still get nervous every fucking time I get on stage. I'd get like, oh, I get weird stomach aches and like, yeah, yeah. like nervous shits. I was about to say, do you got to take a show shit? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, the pre-show shit. Yeah, yeah. Huge. And then, yeah, and then I just like, you know, I just kind of try. I, I've learned to just kind of like zone out. Right, like I, I have to zone out, or else I'll just overthink things and get too nervous and right. care too much. Sure, I feel like the last thing you want to do during a show is worry right about anything. Right, and yeah, yeah. So it was like towards the end of the first tour, I was like, okay, I'm kind of getting the gist of this. This isn't too bad. Right, I was like, uh, if I was gonna sing, I wanted to kind of do it right. I don't know if there's a right or wrong way, but I would read like you know, Crow Magnum and stuff like that and how John Joseph sure. would run and sing the words and stuff like that, like before yep. recordings and stuff or before shows, before tours. Right. Um, and I would just kind of take that. Like, oh, cool. You know, I'd run the beach and I'd try to sing our songs. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it was it was terrible, but... It, to prepare, right. Yeah, but it would help. It actually helped me a lot. Yeah. And then... Uh, it's cool to hear that you took it seriously because, like, obviously the, the notion of a lot of people that play within the context of hardcore, like they don't necessarily take their musicianship very seriously, like, or their, their instrument very seriously at all. Uh, I mean, we still don't, but you know, well, but, I mean, but it, whether or not you take it seriously, you at least like prepare. to. A yeah. Yeah. Extent. Yeah. Well, I mean, Mike kind of set the bar. Yeah. And so I was like, he kind of always did this, like Ian McKay, like yeah, ish yeah. type vibe. Right. You know, right. What right. He do is like traditional, like loud yelling, speaking. And then like, is like spoken words in the middle between mm-hmm. sets, which I thought was fucking sick. That's why he sang in the band. Right. That's why he was our original singer. Right. I was like, yo, this is fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, fuck, man. Like, I got, I can't just go to the, to that. You know, I can't do that. That's not me. That's not, I was like, I, I was, I was all about like Ray Capo and fucking right. HR and Rollins and just John Joseph. Like, they had like this harder, more aggressive style. Right, right. You know, and I was like, well, that, I, that's what I need to be. Like, I need to like, and I would always stay on YouTube and just watch like these sick Ray Capo like yeah uh, like movements. I'd be like, oh, that's fucking dope, man. That's fucking cool. Like he just moves around so quick. I was like, right. he's aggressive, and you can't keep your eyes off of him. I was like, I I need to mimic something like that, and also like stuff John Joseph would do, where he would just like vibe. He would mm-hmm. just vibe by the drum set. Totally. And, like do this cool like manipulation of how he sings you know uh-huh. like at the end of malfunction and like sure. stuff like that like i'm like oh that's sick dude like 
So it's not like I have my own style, but it's like I incorporate all You're these other all ones. All the stuff, all yeah. the inputs, yeah, yeah. Which is what bands are in general. Of course, you know? yeah, yeah. And I was just like, oh, yeah, th- these are stuff I admired. I was like, I'm going to try to like mimic this and like adopt this and like just turn my own spin on it, you know what I mean? Right, 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 right. And I, automatically the fact that I had lost my teeth like before sure. I started singing already kind of set a presence of like kind of grit. Oh, totally. And it was just like, oh, wow, like yeah, this, this is a new serious. Yeah, this is right. a new dude. Oh, watch out. Oh. No, totally. Um, before, before we go too far down the road, that road. So you, you were born and raised here in like the San Pedro area, right? Uh, no, I was born in Mexico. Oh, really? I didn't yeah, know that. I was born in uh, Sonora, uh, this, a city called Nogales. Okay. Oh, I know wh- Nogales. Yeah, yeah. Which the border actually runs through. Right. So I was born on the southern side, you know, south of the border. Sure. And when I was three, me and my mom... She was 17 at the time, or 20. She had me when she was 17, so she was about 20. Right. We came over in a Coyote. Do you know what a Coyote is? Of course. Yeah. yeah so yeah. we you know, paid some dude, got in a truck with a bunch of other families and crossed the border. Wow. We in Long Beach. Okay. I presume you remember nothing about that, or do you have like little like... I, I, it's weird. I remember odors. Like Interesting. There's, there's certain scents that will give me this crazy nostalgia uh-huh. of like the fields in Mexico. Because my mom worked in a field. Okay. You know, I mean, that's a lot of people there. Yeah. And, you know, she would take me, you know, I'd be a baby and I'd just like roam the fields with her and stuff like that. So, like, anytime we'd like pass through the States, I would just get certain odors or like scents from like the fields and it would give me crazy nostalgia. I wouldn't remember anything visually. Right. But it was just like, oh, man, like. Yeah, I, this puts you in a place. Uh, yeah. I was like, this rem- I, this reminds me of something like very physical. Right, right. So, uh, that's but then cr- we came to Long Beach. Sure. And then, so you're primarily raised single mother. Did you have brothers and sisters? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, when uh, stepfather. Okay. From, uh, so came here when I was about five, six. My mom got married to my stepdad. Okay. Had my brother, and then had my sister. Okay, got it. So, um, and so, what was your? Uh, I mean, I'm sure, I presume that the, uh, for lack of a better term, the struggle was real in regards to your mom getting over here and just kind of, you know, making it on her own before she obviously married your stepfather. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. De- definitely. Like, what do we got here? She, I would go to her, go with her to the sweatshop because there was no babysitter, you know? I right. Would, she would literally work at a sweatshop. I didn't know that's what it was Right. when I was, like, four or five four, years yeah, old, yeah, you know? Yeah. And then I realized, like, oh, wow, that, that's what that was. Like, right. people, people joke about that, and I was like, oh, that, that's... Like, I was there. Yeah, like, I was in the child care in the corner. Right? Yeah, well, nah, <laughs> I know child care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no child care, just no, no, everybody no. else was my just mom. Just don't kill time. yourself, right. <laughs> yeah, but essentially. And, um, you know, the riots happened and all that good stuff, and then we... Just went over to the bridge to San Pedro, and I've been there most of my life. Okay. You know, I mean, there's periods of time where we'd leave. I'd, you know, move for like a few months, come back. You sure, know. sure. But I always ended up right back here. Right back here in San yeah. Pedro. Um, and so the uh, once your stepfather came into the picture, um, you know, how was 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 he a solidifying presence? Like, was there was there less chaos because there was more people to kind of, you know, lend a hand raising kids, or was it still pretty chaotic coming up? At the beginning, my parents got married. I somehow ended up with his his mother at her house for a few years like for oh, okay. like a part of first grade and a, a handful of second grade mm-hmm. i lived with her and you know it was cool because she was super nice you know they're very religious they were jehovah's witnesses oh wow you know, still are and that's, um, that's a unique experience yeah it was definitely different going from like living I presume with, catholicism uh, or, or, or actually or not christianity even uh 
But they're they're Christians. That's okay, what, that's everything's based off. Right, 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 they're, right. So Jehovah's Witnesses are essentially Christians. Yep, yep. Um, just a denomination of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but when we came to America, we lived with my mom's brother. Okay, my uncle and his wife, and their four kids. Right. You know, oh, not his wife, but his girlfriend. You know. Sure. I mean? Yeah. You yeah. Know, yeah. <laughs> Significant you, other. Yes. You know, four kids deep. You might as well. Yeah. You might. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you've already committed that much. Yeah. yeah, you, yeah. You, you you set the the standard. <laughs> right. Um, right. And she was from Georgia. She's oh. a southern southern lady. Sure. So, you know, there's her English like southern twang. Yeah. And that's how I learned English. I grew up with all them. We would watch Nickelodeon and I just my, my, you know, I picked up English super fast. Sure. And so, you know, by by the time I was 6, I was bilingual. Um and then going from, you know, having Christmases and Easter's and you know, southern people are very fanatic about holidays. Yep. Um, you know, going from a Thanksgiving with a big banquet, you know, yeah, uh, and Christmas, you know, mm-hmm. going to the parks and like taking pictures with the, you know the family and stuff like that. To none of that. Wow. To I can't watch Ninja Turtles because it's too violent. You know, like right. I, I would sneak, I would sneak into the kitchen on a black and white TV. Yeah. At six in the morning to watch Power Rangers. Sure. Like you're like, the, I'm doing something really bad right here. Yeah. But, yeah this yeah. is terrible. Like I can right. go to hell. Like <laughs> right, right, <laughs> that's what right. This is. And then, you know, I, that happened, and then I would move with my mom and my dad uh-huh. around third grade. Um, things got really violent early on with, like, my stepdad. Really? Like, he was an on-and-off alcoholic. Okay. Eventually, throughout the years, you know, going to harder drugs, you know, heroin, meth. Oh, brutal. Um, yeah, coke, stuff on the streets, you know, just, sure. You know, he was a truck driver. Oh, dude, So, yeah. like, you know, he gets introduced to a lot of ta- bad shit, like, you know, on the road. Of course. So, and that lingered with him right? on and off throughout the years. You know, there's a lot of spousal and child abuse. You know, like, me and my mom would get hit here and there. And then we'd go to a shelter mm-hmm. for a few months. She, like most women in her situation, <laughs> go back to what it was. You know, oh, I right. forgive him, blah, blah, sure, blah. Sure, sure. You know? And then we'd end up in another shelter. Right. Like, me and my brother went to like three shelters wow. with my mom. Like yeah. By the by, the age of like ten. Jeez. You know, I've been to three shelters. You know, all right, around. Right, right, right. And uh, things always got ugly. Did Give you a- Did you have a feeling of like hatred towards him? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Or or did you, well, yeah. it was at first it was more of like a a, a confusion of like kind of like a betrayal. Sure. Like you know, you're just, uh a dude that like hey took you in right and then all of a sudden like hey like why why is this happening to us you know like like what did i i do wrong like what what are we doing do we right. fuck up like are we doing something bad here like, sure you yeah because you yeah you look at yourself or just like well if i'm being hit like clearly i'm in the wrong like, yeah because that that's how you know that's how i was going to get him if my mom would spank me it's because yeah, yeah. i was doing something i shouldn't have been right, doing. right right so like you know that was all my Approaching things like, oh man, maybe I'm doing something wrong. Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm like, maybe I, I, I don't go to church enough. You know what I mean? Yeah, Especially yeah. Like in their in that surroundings, in their house, sure. in their households. And then uh, we moved to the projects when I was about nine, eight, eight, nine years old. And okay. then we were there for a good minute. Okay. We were there. Um, my little sister was born. Um, and that was like eight years up until the age of like, actually up until the age of like seventeen. Okay. Seventeen. Yeah, you were in it. Yeah. So in the projects, that, that was that was a come and go game, you know. Like he would come, he would leave, he would come, he would leave. He'd get kicked out, you know. Oh, like man. thirteen, like you know, like things got really ugly around the age of thirteen. Not, right. not just in the house, but like around the neighborhood. Yeah, it was a very, started to witness a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, I saw a dude get shot on my lawn. Like I literally watched somebody die on my porch. Right. Um, I would go to the beach with my friends, so we'd wake up super early, and then I'd see like a girl just 
dead, like dropped off. Like she got like raped and like cut. Yep. And so like you could see her insides and like as a kid you're like, holy shit. Like you'd see this in movies. Right. You're not supposed to see it in real life. Yeah. And then you'd see it and you're like, holy shit. And then you're trying to guess who it is. And, you know, the coroner's not there yet to cover it up. And there's one officer telling you, oh, get out of here. Go away. You know. Right. Right. And you're just like, holy shit. You know, and then you see kids from the neighborhood, like older kids dealing and then they get chased by the cops and this kid swallowed whatever he had oh jeez. yeah yeah yeah. and they didn't they were looking for it while he was in the cop car and then he you know turned blue and died and suffocated and od'd in the car and like they're like just like shit like right you know and and you can't blame the cops for that one you know what i mean no no yeah yeah, it's like dude you should be swallowing right that many drugs right right right, to conceal them Yeah. yeah and uh and then i got ugly and then uh abuse got really heavy you know like that i was teenager Right. Now, 13. And you think, you know, push push just comes to a swing after a while. You know, you get, you don't know what's going on. There was another argument in my house. You know, right. my mom got hit. And I am I literally just got out of the shower and I was dressed. And I was trying to ignore it, the situation. There's always a lot of yelling at home. Right. And then, you know, uh, I came in and I just I just broke down. Just came into the room. I broke down. I was yelling at everybody. I told him to stop. Mm-hmm. And he told me to go away. And I just, first thing I saw, screwdriver grabbed it and just started swinging. You know, he jumped back in the bed. Yeah. Like and, and so I could only go reach as far as I could. Sure. So I caught his legs a bunch of times and uh my mom like freaked out and she told me to leave and I was like well like you know kind of like why are you telling me to stop like what's I'm uh, trying to protect yeah, you and, to and the family. Right. Yeah. yeah, totally. So and then that's confusion in there and then you're just bitter and you just start drinking a whole lot. Yeah. Um but that all the drinking kind of started when I was 11 and then it just got worse at like around that age. Right. Um, well, because I'm sure at that point you felt like you had no options whatsoever. Yeah, it's like, what do I do now? Right. Just let it happen. You don't want me to do anything about it, you know? Yeah, I couldn't run away. Like I could, I had nothing. Yeah. I was fucking 13. Right. You know, so I would at that point I just stopped being home. Yeah, I just stopped showing up at home. I would like stay out as late as possible. Yeah, till I really had to. Till I, my friends were like, oh well, I gotta go home now. And right. I was like, oh, okay. You're like, damn it, I wish I didn't have to go home yeah, to a yeah, certain yeah. extent i'm sure yeah yeah that definitely i mean a lot that's why i started going to a lot of punk shows and a lot of backyard shows right and uh you know so i could stay out as late as i want get fucked up as much as i want you know right, just kind of right. like dwell into that whole atmosphere that just was counterproductive you know what i mean you're like oh this is what normal people do this is right this is this is life this is how it is in movies this is how it is with yeah. everybody that i see you know people drink people get fucked up you know they, they do right. what they can and forget you know yeah yeah and then me and my me and Carlos, uh, I met him in high school, ninth grade. Like we all okay. hung out together. So I've known him the longest out of I've known actually any of my friends right now. Okay, everybody just kind of fell off. Like all the kids from the projects either died or got locked up. Sure, you know what I mean. And then uh, started going to punk shows, and then got into hardcore, and then got into straight edge. And then it just my first hardcore show was uh, a throwdown show. Sure, uh, Keith Barney era. Yeah, so of about two thousand one. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kind of like the, the end, the end of the uh, Beyond Repair. No, uh, you don't have to be blood, blood to be oh, family. Spectacular vibe. record, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right before Haymaker, you know of what course. I mean? Right. So soon after they did that change with like Dave Peters and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, Pantera. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah essentially. Yeah. Uh, but to me, like going to a hardcore show was kind of weird. It's like, oh wow, they don't circle pit as much. Right. Um, you know, from what you were used to at the backyard shows. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, this is weird. But it was. I think it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, um, at the Glass House, I think. Oh, okay. Pretty sure it was the Glass House. Over My Dead Body played. Oh, they did sure. a Bad Brains cover. Sure. And so I was like, oh, I know this. Like, I know this, you know? Yeah, yeah. And there was a circle pit, which was super cool. Mm-hmm. 
and I got hit in the face real hard. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck, you know, shit happens. Yeah. And I just sat it out, and I was watching Throwdown, Out, and I was just like, well, this, 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 is, this is it. This is it. Yeah, I found this, it. Yeah, there, there it is. Right. And I you know, talked about like being sober and like just staying level-headed and like there's no point to making things worse, you know, like with drugs and alcohol. And I was like, right. Yeah, like, and I didn't like claim straight eggs that day or anything. You right, know, like, right. Uh, I, I, I did, you know, kept reading and then checked out all the bands and their thank yous, checked out all the bands on the label. Decision right. was a big part of my life at that time. Huge. Um, and uh, I remember the last time I drank a beer, I was at the beach. It was like a, we had a can, like a 24 pack of Budweiser. Right. Still, we're like, I'm like 14. Yeah. You know? Totally. When I was 11, I would do runouts of Malibu out of the store, you know, right. like, yeah, you know, it, and I'm just like drinking beer and I was just like halfway through my beer, like my first beer, I was just like, this, this isn't, this, this isn't, isn't it. This is, this doesn't do anything anymore. This is, I'm not even happy. Right. Like I'm just, eh, I put it down. I asked my friend, yeah, you want the rest? He's like, yeah, sure. You know, sure. And I just kind of just fell into like the lifestyle like and it just made pers- personally made me a better person i mean granted it didn't help my schooling or anything i'm fucking ditching well, school yeah. but just like being sober at that age definitely makes you more aggressive sure you are more aware to everything and you're definitely more angrier yeah you're key- you're definitely keyed into the i mean obviously every teenager goes through the angst that you go through and you're so much more keyed into that yeah, when you're sober, yeah, because yeah. you're not, you know, what, you're not dulling it with all the other substances that you can dull it with. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you're, you know, like you're alert all the time, yeah. and you're, you're pissed. Sure, like, and yeah. that's kind of like the the payoff. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd rather be agitated and sober, sure, than drunk and like, oh, you know, I'm over it. You know what I mean? Totally. You know, you, you learn you learn to approach things better, of at, course, especially at a younger age like that, right? Something that I, I find so cool in your interviews you've done in the past and, and just in general, it's like obviously how, you know, high you lift your mom in regards to like, like she's kind of the, you know, she's not only the reason that I exist here, you know, in front of you right now, but just the idea that she's been able to, you know, be the rock for you. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, some kids just don't have either, yeah. you know, and that's like, and to me, I was like, fuck, I, I, I can't imagine that. Right. Like, there's no way I, I need at least one. Right. You know? Did you ever, did you ever know your dad or anything? No, no. I don't really care to like, sure. He, but your mom, heard, your mom let you know, like, oh, this is who he is. This like, is who he is. Don't be like him. You know, it was, <laughs> yeah. it was, I mean, she was 17 when she yeah. got pregnant, you know? And right. like, but they lived together and she left him oh, because wow. There's a lot of tendencies, not abusive, but a lot of like people he was associated with in Mexico that oh, was yeah, just yeah. not a good vibe. Not good. Yeah, just yeah, not like, good for children or adults oh, for that matter. Yeah, or just humanity. <laughs> right. Just you know what I mean? Just <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, that's a that's a deeper chapter. Oh, that um, is huge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I don't really care. Sure. Like if I saw him and be like, cool. Yeah, yeah. You weren't a part of my life at all. Yeah, like I'm, I don't hate you. I don't love you. Like you're just. A, yeah, you're just a human. Yeah, right. but he died when I was like 11, oh, like, okay. which doesn't matter to me. My mom was like, oh, your father died a few years ago. I was like, oh, well, there's that news. Yeah, yeah I mean, I guess. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, ha- having her was literally the only really anchor that I had to just not losing it completely. Right. You know what I mean? Like, literally blood and sweat sacrificed right. it all. You know, um, took hits. For me, I did the same for her. Totally. You know, I fight or fight sometimes as I got older. Right. Um, you know, if it comes to money, if I'm down, like, she's always there to offer, you know. Right. Uh, even though I won't take it sometimes, you know. Of course. 
And uh, it, I mean, it's just best friend. Right. Well, you know? it's because it, it, I always find it honestly disappointing and disheartening when you hear about the sort of typical experience, especially within punk and hardcore, where it's just like, oh, fuck my parents. Like, you know, they suck or whatever. And then it's like that mentality stretches over to when they become like adults. And it's just like your parent, like your parents are great. Like they've done so much for you. Yeah. And it's like, it's nice to hear, like I said, a, a person like you be like, no, my mom's awesome. She rules. Like, yeah, I mean, she does. Granted, like, she she's not perfect. No. You know, we yeah yeah. Uh, the cycle of abuse kept happening, obviously, because she kept coming back to the situation. Totally, totally. You know, but you know, when you're young and in love, you do dumb things. Of course. And I can't hold it against her as I get older. You know, I hey, I fucking blew like five years right. in a relationship that I didn't really want to be in. And right. You just just because you feel obligated or you totally. feel like you should commit to people just because they that's exist what people do, right? Or right, right. because you hurt them. Or oh, they said yeah, yeah. sorry. Sure. You feel like you owe them something, you know what I mean? And right. that's the worst thing to try to make things fit. Totally. And you know, you know, I mean, there's definitely a line on the last record. You know, it's like, uh, you know, fuck my parents for making me pay for their mistakes. Sure. You know, because there's times where I, I was just confused, and it, you know, it was my mom's fault. It and, is. You know, yeah, you yeah. can't deny it. Nope. But it's like, hey, like, I'm one of those people that have the worst time letting go issues. Like, okay. if somebody hurts me. I will fucking take to the grave. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is not good. And I know it's not good. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, 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 you're like, you're like at the, you're like at the first step of like five steps. Like you recognize it. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, but I can't get to that second step of like, maybe some sort of like idea of confrontation or resolution. Like, you know, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, you know, my mom would be like, you gotta, you gotta like, let go of everything that happened like with your stepdad. It's like, yeah, I know, but fuck him. You know what I mean? Like, you know, uh, is he still in your life? Oh, he's in prison. Okay. Yeah. The last time I saw him, I was 18. Okay. Uh, we got in a fight a few weeks before that. And okay. I, I knocked him out, which was kind of cool at the that same time. Cool. But <laughs> it's just like emotionally just fucking stressful. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then the detectives comes in. He was on He was on a real like, um, you ever oh. seen the movie Spun? Spun. No. It's these uh, kids are all fucked up on meth. Oh, okay. And they just pull all-nighters. And, oh, uh, sure, sure. Bender, whatever. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. he was on a meth bender technically. Sure. He shaved his head, like he said. All oh, demons were talking to him. Like, dude, oh, started yeah. hallucinating. He dude, was, he, got, he was in deep. Yeah, yeah, he was in real deep, and it was like sad, right? Because he was literally slowly losing everybody that actually gave a shit about him. Sure, and it was you know it was his own fault. Like, you could only hold on to somebody till like it starts oh, taking yeah. you down with it. Of course, um, he, he was just so far. Detective showed up. Like, hey, where's Joe? And we're like, we haven't seen him in, a, in like four or five days. Uh-huh. At this point, he was living in a in a trailer home. Like him, he kept talking to my mom on and off. And she, my mom's like, you gotta go. Yeah, get you yourself know, right. Yeah, go, you, know, you know, read the Bible. Blah, blah blah. He was religious his whole life, so it was like, you know, talk to God, find peace, like let go of all this stuff. Get go to AA. You know, like, yada right. yada yada. Like I grew up going to AA meetings with him just because. He was the dude taking care of me. At, you know, right, right. You know, a few nights a week, it's like, oh shit! Like he's like, oh, we gotta go to the meetings. Oh, all right. I guess I'll go. Right. You know. Yeah, like yeah. And then I would hear everybody's fucking story and like, right. you know, these fucking pity parties. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, what? What am I doing? Yeah, I mean, all basically everything you're describing to me is like every worst possible environment that a kid should obviously be in. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is you know, it's like it's kind of like a. Early reality shit. Like, I had to grow up at a young age. You know, you I had did. to accept life. I was like, oh, like, fuck, this sucks. And I think that's why, like, once he got locked up, he, uh-huh. he, he got in a confrontation with somebody. I, I don't know if it was his dealer or not, but he ended up killing him. Okay. And so it was like, you know, manslaughter. Right. 
Um, I don't know. You should be coming out in a few years. Okay. And that's still weird. Like, if I really dwell into it, it really, like, fucks me up. Oh, sure. It's like, oh, You're damn. Like, like, I don't even want to think about yeah. seeing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I understand. You know. Yeah. Because, you know, like, he always treated my brother and my sister great. Right. You know, I was just, you know, that redheaded stepchild. Of course. Just not redheaded. You were brought into the, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You are that black-haired stepchild. Right. Yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, um, that, I find it so interesting that, that you, because... You know, so many people obviously point to like either straight edge or punk or hardcore as obviously being that moment where they get, you know, they find their 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 clan, so to speak. But it's like not only did you find like your place, but like that legitimately saved your life in certain respects. Oh, most definitely. And like, granted, hardcore is not for everybody. Punk rock is not for everybody. And you'll get the you know uh, the kids that came in because they either thought it was cool, which it fucking is. Yeah, of course. You know, and. uh they thought the merch was cool, or the 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 visuals were cool, or just right. even the attitude. Totally. And like, I get it. You know, I'm I was here for the same reason. Still, still am. Yep. And you know, they grew out of it, which is perfectly fine. You know, it's not for everybody. You expect everybody to stay here? No. It's no. like you know, sometimes it's just a phase in someone's life. Right. It's usually the older people that are that were the diehards that it did the most for them. Yeah. And that's why they're still here. It's a good point. And then that's why people get territorial. It's like you get these young kids, like, which is shitty. You know, you shouldn't be jaded and like, oh, fuck the new generation or blah, blah, blah. You know, the golden days and yada, yada, yada. It's like, shut up, dude. Let's shut the fuck up. I know exactly. You know, um, but you can't blame somebody for being territorial because this is literally some of them, they're, they're rock. You of know, like this is this is all they knew and all they understood. So if some, you know, 15 year old kid's going to come and you know, kind of make a mockery of this, like, of oh, like, you know, I'm, you know, be fucking sexist towards girls by not, you know, telling them they can't pit or they can't be straight edge or, right. or just trying to pick fights because they think that's what the attitude is about. Like, you know, that's shitty. And you know, of course people get territorial. I'll fucking get territorial, you know, like, yeah. it's like, yo, you ruin it for, for the other kids, man. Right. You're ruining it for kids that possibly need this more than anyone right now. You know, like if I went to a show and somebody beat me up because... <laughs> Of a certain band, like yeah. fuck that, like I'm not coming to shows anymore. Right? Like, yeah. How far would you have gone? Yeah. Exactly. And right. you know, and, and that's the type of shit that's like not breaking down uh, the scene for people, but like it, it definitely spoils it for some kids. You know, it, it does. And respect to the kids that get it and know that's not what it's about. Right. And stick around and kind of like, all right, the dude's gonna leave eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's definitely true. You, you oh. and I have been in here long enough to know that it comes in waves. Totally. There'll be a, a a handful of shitty kids either they learn or they leave right you know yeah they, they move on to the next whatever the next phase of their life or whatever cool thing it is to be in at that that particular moment and they move on yeah, that's yeah, it yeah, yeah but that obviously gets equated to hardcore so so frequently is the fact that it's like you know whatever bands aren't political bands don't have something to say it's like you know usually it's just like either about the cool merch or cool mosh or anything like that <laughs> yeah and, and it, it's so interesting because it's like not only your your experience of being raised but the fact that it's like, you know, I mean, you obviously are an all Hispanic hardcore band. It's like now we are there. I know. <laughs> and there are there's so many elements that make your guys's voice unique. And the fact that like you actually say stuff like, I mean, you're you're obviously it's like, you know, you're anti-bullying and like all these things that it's like they seem so inherent in hardcore, but aren't spoken about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, think about it. We're not like a hard band. Like, you know, we're not like, quote unquote, beat down. Yeah. Totally. You know, we're, which I still think is a weird fucking term. <laughs> it is. It's just another hardcore band. It is. You know, it's just like that, a, are, that are heavy. right? Yeah. A really watered down version of like agnostic frying. You know <laughs> right, I mean? right, 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 right. Which is a hardcore band. One of the best. Yep. And um, but I have that vibe like me, the way I look just because I lift weights and I'm very aggressive on on stage. 
people think like we're a tough band. So, or some people might get that. Of course. You know, like just oh. at, at a first glance, you, people could totally write you off. Oh, easily. Yeah. It's like, oh, I've seen a picture of those guys. They, well, they probably suck. You right. know, they're, probably, they're not a melodic band. They, you know, right. they're probably, probably talking about beating people up. You right. Know? Um, but I think that's why I say those things mm. because it's like, oh, wow, this is somebody bigger than me telling me not to take shit from nobody, right. especially him, somebody his size. It's like if you go out, you go out swinging. You know what I mean? Like you defend yourself. You don't let people push you around. Don't let people talk you down, you know? Yeah. Especially girls, you know, they, they get intimidated and they get uh, – discouraged to be involved of course a lot and that's shitty yeah when the best people in my life were women yeah you know my whole life everybody that <laughs> was good to me and important to my life were people that were women that made me feel important and made me be you know be more progressive in life of course to, you know to to get better to improve right you know whether it was counselors from the shelters i was at mm-hmm. whether it was Women from church, sure. You know, whether I'm not, I'm not religious at all. Actually, I'm very atheist. Sure, but you, I, I could, you could, you could pick out the snobs from the genuine, right? You know, and with my mom, women I've admired in movies or you know books, right? You know, shit like that. Like these were all women, right? And so the fact that you know I was seeing that girls would get discouraged about being straight edge or. Right. You know, it's like, oh, they're only here to fuck dudes. It's like, well, the reality of it is for every one girl that is doing something, you know, questionable, questionable, there's 10 other dudes in here for all the wrong reasons and trying to suck a dude's dick, you know, in a band. Yep. Well, metaphorically, you know what I mean? Totally, totally. You know, it's just like, dudes just try to get this machismo attitude, and it's just really irritating. I'm like, I dealt with this shit my whole life. I don't really need to hear it from some fucking 18-year-old right. kid. Because you obviously are outspoken and you have, you know, espoused, you know, I mean, pro-gay, pro-gay marriage. Like, I mean, across the board, like, you express things that are generally, like, you know, approved and, like, within the context of the hardcore scene. But, again, no one really speaks about it. What, what's been the most, like, pushback that people have been like, oh, man, like, fuck, Walter, what are you talking about? Like, what, what have people reacted the most negatively to that you've expressed? Um, I, t- I definitely talk about not being bullied. Or I've definitely told girls to, like, hey, you know, if your boyfriend or your husband mm-hmm. or some dude, you know, hits you or abuses you. Right. Like, I, I think it was put a bullet in his head. You know, catch wait till he sleeps and put one in through his eyes. Mm-hmm. And then people are just quiet. People are very quiet. Right. It, it's like, you know, I get caught in this moment, like when I when it's just in my head. And it's I just, passion, uh, sure. Yeah, it's just aggressiveness. It's sure. Like, I granted, I don't want you to fucking go to prison. You know what I mean for murder, right. but know that sometimes you have to take it that far. Sure. Like you can't lay down and die. Mm-hmm. That's not an option. There's too many times where people have made you want to feel that way, where you just want to just kill yourself and die. Like I've sure. been there, man. And you feel like there's there's no hope. Like there's what's the point, right? You know, but you, you have to f- realize that you're important enough to not let p- other people's actions define your worth. You know what I mean? You can't just lay down and die. As right. much as you want to, sometimes you just gotta fucking push through. Sure. And some people don't get it, and it's like, yo, you have to bite. Sometimes mm-hmm. that's the reality of things. You have to bite. Right. In this world, you can't. If you want to be um, like, it's similar to protesters. If you want to be passive. Only a passive war is good if both sides, sure, <laughs> you know, yeah, are yeah. on the same page. Right. And sometimes that's not. Sometimes you got to get a little bit crazy, a little yeah, bit. You got to push back. Yeah, you have to. Some, sure. You uh, it's life and death sometimes. Right. And some people get caught off that way, and 
even with like uh, I've called people out of like you know the room would get quiet they'd probably wait for me to say something because they I rant my ass off right and I would just say how many people in here are gay raise your hand raise like raise your hand right like don't ever be afraid uh-huh. to like hesitate don't hesitate you know what is it Rollins said that you know if I was gay there 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 wouldn't be a closet there wouldn't be I burn the house down right you know yeah like and and that speaks volume because my whole life I was in the projects, especially, people are very racist, very sexist, totally, very oppressive to their own kind. You know, oh, uh, you know, the the Mexicans would be, oh, I fucking hate these niggers and yada yada yada. And right. you think that's okay? You think to talk that way and to act that way is perfectly normal? Mm-hmm. Oh, like that dude's a fucking faggot. Don't hang out with him. And you think, oh, okay, like that's this is okay. Yeah. This is normal. My dad says this. This is fine. Like, right. This is this is just how things are. Right. And as you get older, you realize if you don't educate yourself you realize this is this is nothing this is petty right it's like why is somebody's love life or you know their issues have any effect on mine sure like fuck who you want to fuck man just don't fuck my girlfriend you know right what I mean? right, like, right right just don't hurt anybody on the way there yeah it's as, it's as simple as that it's 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 not all being open-minded it's being rational sure you know it's so interesting too because to hear you speak about this stuff it's like i i see you are to, you're a product of your environment, but then you are also the antithesis. You go against everything that, like, like you said, all those values that existed within, you know, the, not only your household but the surrounding communities. You were just like, I'm not going to be that. I'm not going to be a burnout druggie. I'm not going to, you know, refer to people as faggots. Like, I'm not yeah. going to do these things. And it's like it's because you were exposed to that that you were just like, wait, something's wrong there. <laughs> There's something totally wrong. Like, people, yeah, I, I think it all had to do with religion originally uh-huh and i had questions well how come this happened to us what did like what did we do wrong okay. you know and oh well you know pray to god and blah 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 it's like yeah but prayers aren't getting answered right it's been 12 years sure still nothing man right you know um and then i started asking questions well how come god kills more people in the bible than satan how come how come he killed all those women and children what right. did what did they do you know like you know i was a kid and i wanted to know well how come everybody in the great flood that were kids died. Right. Only a family of eight survived. Sure. Like that's kind of selfish. They didn't really have an option, you know, like, right. And you know, the reverend would be like, Oh, well, you know, God has a plan for everything. It's like, oh, I don't want to be a part of that plan, man. That sounds just fucking shitty. <laughs> right, right. Right. Like, you know, what if I'm not in those selected eight, I'm fucked. Right. You know, like, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, I started dwelling into like more religious topics, like, that would go against, it's like, oh, well, you know, homosexuality is wrong. It's like, where, where does it say that? Right. You're, you're fat as fuck and gluttony is a deadly scene. Yeah, exactly. And you're here pointing at somebody that is minding their own business, one, right. living life how they want to be, being themselves. And there's no reference to that in the Bible at all. Sure. Like, I, I don't get it. Right. And then, you know, at that point, I was just like, you know, I was really over it. I was like, sure. You're I, like, I'm not, I'm not getting the answers for what I define are meaningful in my life here. Yeah. It's like, right. there's nothing here that is going to nourish me. Everything is just criticism. Sure. So, you know, like, that's it. Yeah. I, I, I don't believe there's a God. I don't believe in religion. Sure. I believe that genetically we can be good people mm-hmm. and, you know, and also, I also believe that we deserve to die. Sure. <laughs> like as, as a human. <laughs> as a race. As, right, a, right. as a human race, we, we, we're fucking it up for everybody. Yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah. We're one species out of how many? You know what I mean? Sure. 
it's like, oh, well, we have the brain. It's like, yeah, we're also destroying our own kind. Like, mm. Yeah, yeah, we're, like, we're doing a lot of things that are terrible. Yeah. Rotting Out as a band, to me, like, makes sense. And not even from a business perspective, but just so you're like, okay, this fits with, like, what we like as, as people, like, who we are as a band collectively, more so than most bands do. Like, you know, most bands will, whatever, like, like touring with a band like Story So Far, where yeah. it's like, those dudes are hardcore kids. Like everybody, anybody that pays remote attention knows that. Mm. Um, but you know, some, some bands may like, they'd be like, Oh, I don't know if we should tour with those guys. Like that might, that might lose cool points or whatever, you know, whatever mythical thing. Um, but you guys, you guys always seem to, like I say, follow kind of your, your gut more so than other bands, regardless of the public opinion, <laughs> like regardless of the way that people feel. about Yeah. You. We've gotten put in situations where we've gotten called, perverts you know assholes bullies like we we've had it all man you know right. we played a rainfest and people said we we sexually assaulted some girl sure in front of like 50 or 60 people right and then pictures showed up and you just see me and benji sitting down right, right. on a bench and there's a bunch of other people around us and we're just we're not even involved we're just sitting there right it's like okay like like we don't need to like prove anything to anybody right you know We've it, it it it's it's if you're gonna worry about public opinion you're just a fucking dumbass right right you're like we're gonna do what we're gonna do yeah that, that's literally it we're yeah. gonna do what we're gonna do like right. they're like oh you want to do this tour with story so far I was like okay cool like well what's what's the offer you know from the business aspect it's like sure a hundred bucks I was like fuck dude yeah that's rough that's really rough uh, I don't uh, what's the routing so you expect us to get from here to there in a hundred bucks right it's like ah uh, <laughs> all right well like. It's like, dude, but like merch and this. I was like, I don't really care about that. Like, right. I was like, what kind of venues? He's like, oh, well, they have barriers and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ew, like fucking gross. Like, right. And so it, I, I, if it wasn't for Expire to be like, yo, you guys should do it. There's a lot of, there'll be a lot of new kids. And that, that's, 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 that's literally all, all it was. Yeah. There'll, be, there'll right. be new kids that have never heard of you. And I was like, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, that's yeah. that's perfect. Like right. if it wasn't for corn taking out sick of it all in the nineties, you think sick of it all would have been as great or as you know as a bridge yeah, yeah. to hardcore as other bands. If it wasn't for Terror doing it with a totally. lot of metal bands, yep. you know, do you think a lot of those kids would be in, involved with hardcore? They totally. they would be as cool as they are now. You right. Know? You want to be you want to be a gateway band. I, like, I think that's perfect. I don't want kids to fall in love with my band and worship my band. I want kids to listen to Rotting Out and be like. Oh, what other bands sound like them? And then yeah. be like, holy shit, this Take Offense record changed right. my life. There's a whole world out here. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. want that. I, I'll, I'll be the bridge to your favorite band. Right. I think that's cooler. Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> You're like, that's my point for rotting out more yeah. so. Just because you guys obviously are, I mean, white suburban male makes up 80 to 85% of hardcore. Like, that's just, you know, maybe, maybe I'd skew the percentage down maybe a little bit, but I mean... I mean, Hispanic people, blacks, like mo- most minorities are, you know, it's a microcosm of the world, you know, where it's yeah. like, so, you know, ha- have you guys, have you personally experienced like, or w- witnessed like racism towards you guys in particular, as far as like, um, no, not necessarily. I mean, granted there's like gas stations in the Midwest, right, right. you know, where we, we definitely get looked at and it's hard to steal from the right. gas station, <laughs> right, right, right. which yeah, like it's kind of our bad for falling into the, their stereotype. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, oh, there's these brown kids, like, keeping an yeah. eye on them. It's like, we're like, fuck, we can, I can't pocket this Snickers. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, hey, I mean, that's life on the road. Of but course. at shows, I don't ever think we've run across that. I think just because of the way we look, 
or what people have heard. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like uh, either not, choose not to speak up and will later say some shit online. Oh, sure. Or they'd just be like, I don't know, dude. I've seen this singer hit some guy like right. rotting out beat some drunk up in Boston and right does your does your reputation precede you like, I don't know man I don't really I mean I know I know you don't care but I mean like have you have you run into that on more than one occasion where people are like oh Walter's a fucking tough ass and then like they talk to you and they're like oh you're just a normal dude oh now. that's happened that definitely happened a few right. times like oh like I was scared <laughs> till I come up to you because I heard this and that right he was like but you're super down to earth and you're super chill i was like yeah why wouldn't i be right 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 you know like and you're I, like and you you i mean just in in knowing you and talking to you it's like you're you know you're way more in touch than with your feelings and your emotional uh uh knowledge than most other people that would be defined as tough guy like you know the the, the conception is that like tough guys are just like well fuck like i don't emotions like i don't feel those like yeah <laughs> whereas you're like it's all over the place man yeah <laughs> man this is life man it's just that's just more stress on you, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I learned I learned that the, the hard way. Right, right. Uh, it was a, it was a counselor in a a child counselor in a, one of the shelters I lived in. Okay, they're like, hey, you need to talk about it. You gotta I'm like, no, fuck you. You know, I don't need to tell you anything. Right. You know, who are you? Who are you? Why are you trying to get me to talk? You don't know my life. You know. Right. And then he's like, the weight will come off. And if it wasn't for, and it, honestly, it all started when we wrote Street Prowl. Yeah, yeah. It all really—it was just like fuck. You like, felt you felt suppressed before. I mean, like yeah, wow, yeah. Okay. It was like, why do I need to talk about this? Like that song "Orange Out Angel" was written about seven times before I actually decided to do it. Uh-huh. You know, and uh-huh. uh, I was like, fuck, man. Like all my favorite songs were songs where people opened up. You know what I mean? Like, right. I'm good friends with all the dudes in Have Heart, and like I w- they would take me on tour with them. I would roadie for them. Yep. And some of the stuff like Pat would say was pretty deep. He's like, oh, I talk about my dad and like my sister and you know my brother and like how they get into shit and like you know like the the darker parts right uh and i was like and those were some of my favorite songs i was like fuck like the, it's always the songs that really expose themselves mm-hmm. that people will latch onto the most i realized and i was like well it's not that i want kids to latch onto my words it's just something i need to get fucking out of me sure it's like i know It'll be better for me. Right. Whether it helps some kid on the way, that's fucking cool or not, you know? Right. That's a byproduct. If, yeah. you, if you find yourself, you can put yourself in a more like emotionally raw state, that will yeah. hopefully resonate with other people. Yeah. And I've always loved talking about the elephant in the room, mm-hmm. you know? I loved bringing it, being in people's faces and talking right. about it. It's like, hey, like... You're like, that's uncomfortable. Let's talk about yeah, that. Yeah, this is life. Like, yeah. And this is... If you keep hiding from it, it's just going to get worse. It's going to get heavier. Right. And it's going to slow you down. And before you know it, it's going to break you. Right. It's like you need to embrace the reality. Reality is nourishment. And if you run from it, it's just going to get darker. Yeah. You know, and, and that's and that's why I told myself, I was like, fuck, you got to get it out of you. Friends would say, yo, just put it out there. Right. And I was like, and that's what I did. And ever since then, I was like, I've been a lot less scared to talk about it. Like it I just, does. It does. It's funny because like I didn't I, I didn't even like realize that in my own head, but it's like watching you develop just you know as an outsider you now seem at a point where it's like uh, you, you know you you're, you're confident you obviously like seem comfortable in your own skin and in turn you're able to express feelings more readily yeah definitely yeah um i never thought i'd write a love song and i wrote one you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah. like sure. no, i was like oh that should have been done dude you know fucking everybody <laughs> right did it. been there done. yeah 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 like why would i why would i do that and then you, you get caught in a situation especially after being in another relationship prior to that that just nearly like 
aggravated me, you know, for fucking That was the five-year one. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I was just like, oh, like, why, why would I do that to myself again? Yeah. You know? And then it's cool to expose yourself to sometimes, mm-hmm. like, some of the best feelings you're going to do, you have to be vulnerable. Totally. You know, otherwise you're just... You're just shut in. Right, you're and you won't, off. And, and you won't experience. You're, and you're literally just waiting to die. Yeah. You know, you're not true. living. You're just there. Yeah, yeah, And uh, You're an observer rather than a participant. Oh, yeah. Totally. 100%. And fuck it. Like, all the best, all, some of my favorite moments is when I dove in. Yep. Just head first. Fuck it. Let's go. Right, right. You know, and, you know, I, I fell in love again. I thought it was cool. And it was like, I never thought I'd find anybody as important again, you know, like to become yeah. that close, to become more vital than myself right. to my own being, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's cool. And people are like, oh, love, you know, love is fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. saps. Oh, well, right. you're, you're young. You know, it's like, dude, I'm, I'm fucking 28 now. Yeah. Like. Right. You're, you're, especially in the context of punk and hardcore, you're old. Like you're, <laughs> you're, on your, you're on your way out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still, I, I forget how old I am. Dude. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. It preserves you so well. And then, you know, I, I, I write, I write about everything. Right. Like you think, you think you've been written all after two LPs and like, I still have shit to say, you yeah, know, yeah, which yeah. still kind of blows my mind. Right. And, but now I have like, a, not just like. A more experienced view on things. Well, you have, you probably have perspective too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a new perspective on like right my own band. Yeah, punk music. Totally. Being a kid, like I'm still a fucking child. Of course. Like it's it's <laughs> fucked up. It's because I grew up so fast that I, and I know I tend to latch onto everything that keeps me young. Yeah. And I don't see why you wouldn't. No. Why, why would you want to grow up? It's the fucking worst thing ever. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, you, it's, can, you can do. I always put it this way. You can do adult-like things, but you don't have to grow up. Like, you don't have to grow up from a mentality standpoint. Yeah. like As long as you're responsible, yeah. that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Oh, oh, you mean get a job and pay rent and, like, yeah, yeah. eat food? And like, right. Yeah. That's, that's fine. Like, yeah, I've been do doing that. that. Right. I've been doing that shit since I was 16. Right. You know? Like, but why would I want to grow up? Yeah. Like, I'm trying to be as immature as possible, as old as I can. You right. know, as long as I can. Right, right, I right. want to be 60 and making fart jokes, you know? Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, that, should, that should hopefully never die. Right? Yeah, right, hopefully. Right, right. And I don't want to be around you if you don't like fart jokes. You're a dumbass. Yeah, yeah, get out of here. Yeah. Uh, there's two last things I want to hit on before I let you go. One was the idea of um, Rotting Out is in this, like, super interesting position where you guys are, I mean, obviously very well-developed in the hardcore scene. And you're well respected. Still weird. Yeah, but I mean, but you are. It's like because you guys, because you've worked your ass off. You've you've done everything, you know, the quote unquote right way. And so now that obviously other bands outside the context of the hardcore world like want to tour with you, you're this interesting band that you can sell tickets in most portions of the country. Bands that see that that want to tour with a cool band, like you know, they have that like, yeah. oh, rot, like dude, rot, Ronnie, that's awesome. Um, do you do you find yourself having to kind of protect the band in some capacity um, from like inauthentic people trying to kind of come in and capitalize on on rotting out in a way like whether it's like a business sense or whether it's like other bands that want to take you out on tour that you're just like that's weird that doesn't make sense oh no most definitely we've okay. turned down a lot of offers mm-hmm. where we're just like no that's dumb why would we do that yeah I don't one I don't like that band I don't know those people and right. I've heard things from friends that have toured with them that you know is just irritating it's like no i don't want to and I, I honestly we've have and we're just like fuck man i wish we didn't do that really yeah like you know i, I obviously don't want to like name no names, no, no but no, it's just have... it's just it's just like so you, you've turned pe- on people you... try to ride whatever they think we are right and use it be like oh hey look we know yeah we're out. cool right right yeah at which i i do we're, we're a bunch of dumbasses dude. Right. we barely know we we play power chords Right. I don't know. I don't. You tell me to play a C chord. I I, I just fucking look at you. 
Right. Like, oh. You right mean on. Dropsy? I know Dropsy. Yeah. You know, like, I know Hate Breed. Right. Like, I can play Perseverance you know, pretty well. Yeah, you like, unloved? Yeah, let me hold on. You know? Totally. Yeah, uh, but no, we're not, we're not musicians. We're, right. We're, we're, and whatever people, oh, they have street cred. It's like, no, just, just because we're from a specific part of town, you know, like, do you really think, like, being from the ghetto is cool? Right. Shit fucking sucks, dude. You, you really think being broke and being late on rent was cool growing up? Like, right. You're getting beat up. Yeah. By you're like, like, I can't wait to start a band 10 years later. And talk about can... this bullshit. Like, you know, shit fucking sucked, man. <laughs> totally. <laughs> you're like, this is not, this is not cool that I'm able to mine from these experiences for later on songs. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't like, oh, this would be a dope song. That's no, it's like, fuck, yeah, yeah. man, this sucks. Like, right. I remember this. Like, sometimes I hate singing certain songs mm-hmm. because depending on the mood or the day, it just strikes harder than it usually does like sure. on every other night. And I'm just like, fuck, man, that sucked. Right. And then the kids will be like, oh, dude, you, you talked about that. And I know what that's like. And they're like, dude, I don't know what to tell you because that fucking sucks. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, right. that's the most that I can tell you. I'm sorry because I know what it feels like. Right. And I'm sorry. You know what it feels like. Right. This shit sucks. It's cool we shared that, but that sucks at the same time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, there's definitely bigger bands that are like, oh, like, let's take Rotting Out or Rotting Out. And then, you know, anything money involved. I can't stand. Really? Like, it's like, oh, how much do you think you guys should, uh, should how, how much do you guys get paid for shows? It's like, dude, it still blows my mind that we get paid. Yeah, right. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Right. Like, we, when we started out, we put ourselves in so much debt. Of course. That we're still slightly paying off, which is almost zero, which I'm stoked on. Right. Um, but, like, we didn't know what we were doing. We were just like, okay, let's, let's go on the road. Let's do this. Yeah. Let's yeah. go, let's go on the road. Let's tour with this. Let's tour with them. Let's tour with our friends. Let's tour with these new bands. Right. Let's just tour. Let's, pull, let's do another record. Yeah, let's do another record. Um, we'll release it. We'll play this. Well, oh, wow. Somebody wants to fly us out. Fuck yeah. Yeah. You know, like, do we have the money to fly out? Yes, no. You know, like, we would kind of try to see what we can right, make Right, you balance. Happen. Sure, sure. Yeah. And, you know, it was a growing process. But then there would be bands like, oh, we want, we want them. And it's just like, dude. Like, you want us for all the wrong reasons. Right. You don't yeah, want... you don't feel like it's authentic, right? Look, and the cool thing about the Story So Far tour, mm-hmm. first night of tour, I, we didn't know any of the dudes. Right. We didn't know any of the bands. We knew a couple people from, like, previous tours. Right. And we barely... We literally made it by the fucking hair on our balls. Right. And we, we load in. We load, We literally had to set up by the bathrooms. Oh, yeah. We set up merch by the bathrooms, and we're like, oh, there's a fucking barrier. Yeah. Like, all right. The stage is high. We'll figure something out. Right. First song, singer stage dives. Singer for uh, Story So Far, stage dives, sings along. I was like, this is fucking cool. Yeah. Like, this kid's not. You're like, we're here. This right. Kid, this, not a poser. this kid's not a fucking poser. Like, totally. Like, and then I would talk to the other members. He'd be like, yeah, I was at that show. You guys had Mike, and there was like 20 kids there. Right. I was like, you were at that fucking show. He's like, yeah, I was like 15. I was like, that's fucking sick. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. That show sucked, but I was sick. Right. That's cool. You're there. Yeah. Like, again, it just it proved. The fact that you're just like, oh, like this, I'm glad we made this decision. It's a, it's a, I was like, why'd you guys ask us? He's like, we like you guys. Right. You're like, weird. I was like, <laughs> weird I was how like, that works. I was like, sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, that's cool, you know? And uh, yeah, basically, you're, you're protecting, obviously, the band from, from trying to partner up with people that are just like, ah, oh, that doesn't make sense. You yeah. Know? It, 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 it's just like, you can tell sometimes bands do desperate moves right. to, to get a certain crowd in. Sure. It's like, oh, we want to legitimize our relationship with hardcore bands. Right, right. And so let's get let's get these bands. Of so course. let's tour with this band. And that's that's kind of whack. It's like, no, I want to tour with Running Out because we've... Because well, they they're like, sick. Right, I like they're them. They're sick. I mean, 
we can they can be a emo band or a fucking death metal band. Yeah, you know, and they'll be like, yo, I want to tour with Ronnie. The band's sick. Yeah, you know, and they'll be like, yeah, that's cool. You're like, you're like, as long as you start with that, we're cool. Yeah, yeah. As long as as long as you actually know what we're about, right? Then yeah, awesome. Yeah, then we're cool. Uh, the last thing I want to hit on was the fact that you're you're extremely passionate about weightlifting. Yeah, extremely passionate. Yeah, especially in the past couple of years, which has taken its toll on my stage presence. But really? Yeah. Because I mean, you're carrying around more weight. Uh, Sixty pounds heavier now. <laughs> Is this something that you you think that will obviously that you have your eyes set on for? It's like, well, you know, rotting out could last for the next five to ten years or whatever. Who knows? But. Is is competitive weightlifting something you're being like, hey, this is, this is something I can do for the future, so to speak, or is this just a fun? Oh, a hundred percent. Okay. Yeah, like I tr- I train people. Like right. you know what I train I, I I train and I also train others. That's awesome. So like that's something I want to do. That's okay. like you know you never know what could happen with your band where no. you know people have a falling out, break up, right. just a bad day, and you just call it you know call it quits, or you just over it. Yeah. You know, it, 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 bands happen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. They don't but, last but the cool thing is, you know, I can always go back to the gym and be like, all right, what needs work? Yeah. You know, where, how can I get better? Right. How can I get stronger? Right. How can I get faster? You know what I mean? Like, sure. How do I improve? Like, you know, there's that, you also get a mental discipline out of that, you know? Like, oh, I, I can't go out tonight. I got to go bench. I got a meet coming up. Like, I can't skip yeah. days. You know, I got to watch my diet. I got to take in calories. I got to eat properly. I got to sleep good. Right. You know, and uh, it was cool because I was afraid my girlfriend wouldn't be into it and mm-hmm. it's cause it's kind of a big deal to me. Right. And then she dwelled into it and she's now for her white class and her age, she's seventh in the nation. It's amazing. Which is fucking awesome. Yeah. And I'm jealous of because Right, right. You're I'm, like, I'm not there. <laughs> yeah, because I'm on tour and I can't put in the work that needs to be done to right. to make it there. You know, she's at home, you know, when I'm gone, she's you know, you know, she's she obviously just focuses on training and work and the yeah. dog, you know. Right. And um and that that's she she earned where she is you yeah. can't there's see there's no there's no politics or, around it there's no. no there's no yeah you either do it or you don't there's yeah, no it, shortcuts yeah there's there's either you get two white lights or you get reds you know there's right your your lift is good or not right it's, it's black and white there's not oh you know yeah, yeah it's yeah, not yeah. it's good or not it's it's simple as that right and so you earn your worth right and you earn your placement and that and i think that's cool you know what i mean like there's no bullshit to it it's yeah. just straightforward your hard work pays off right and it's definitely something i'm involved but when it comes to stage this past this is hardcore i don't know if anybody could tell but fuck man i felt Gassed, sluggish. <laughs> oh my god! Really? Like oh, like if you look at shows from like two years ago and a show now, right? There's definitely a black and white, especially not only in the stage presence, right? But just in the endurance. Oh sure. Like right. I'll talk a little longer, right? To save some time. Yeah, you gotta know? save some breath, right? Yeah, right. I'll crouch down by the drum set. I'll only talk by the drum set just because I'm like. <sighs> How's everybody, you know, <laughs> keep it up to so and so rubbing, you know? Right, 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 right. And, uh, which I, I don't, I, I know that there's a, there's a price, you know, there's, it, there's yeah. a part, but all that means, and you just, I, you, your stage presence just needs to evolve into a different stage now. You're just like, all right, I'm carrying more weight now, so I'm not going to be doing my, you know, jump kicks like I used to. <laughs> Maybe I'll, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. Or I just means I just got to kick it into gear this fall and just go harder. Just yeah, literally yeah. just train, yeah. train cardio, cardiovascular, which fucking sucks. Dude. Right, right. No one likes cardio. No, no. <laughs> fuck that, man. Well, Walter, I can't thank you enough for doing this. This was really fun. For no, me no to, worries, man. I'm always down to, to chat. To, to chop it up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always down. 
So there you have it. There was my conversation with Walter. Yeah, like I said, just a very genuine guy. Was was ready to discuss anything and everything. You know, I always do a little uh, before I start the interview. I kind of give people the opportunity to uh, not approach certain issues in their life. I always say, hey, if there's something you want to talk about, you know, either let me know or if we hit it in the interview, then we'll divert. And he basically was just like, oh, you don't even need to say that. And I'm like, no, I know, but I need to have that safe safe word in place in case we do run across a topic that a person is not comfortable discussing. So Walter was a complete open book and I couldn't thank him enough for that. So the producer for this show is Tom Richfield, always in forever. My bae. Isn't that how the kids say it? Bay, baby, whatever. <laughs> I apologize if this is a little more rambling, but like I said, it's I'm, I'm alone in my hotel room. I feel like I'm like the king to my kingdom right now. And because there's no one that's going to bother me. I'm not going to have a, a kid being like, hey, I need my uh, my dinner. It's like, oh, leave me alone. All right. I'm, I'm busy. I'm recording a podcast. Visit propertyofzack.com. Visit 100wordspodcast.com. And if you, if you find this a valuable resource and, and a valuable thing that you do, donate to the show. I really appreciate that. And I'm, I'm continually improving the recording tactics. We'll hopefully pass that on to you who will be like, you know what? This, this does sound better. It's listenable. I like that. Until next week, be safe, everybody. Be safe, everybody.